Cindy. <laughs> I forget my name sometimes, but I am Cindy Mercer. I am the new women's ministry and prayer ministry director for the Carolina Conference. So um, please come over to the uh, seminar booth um, downstairs, Herald Center. I have a table. There is a gift basket you'll want to register for, so put your name in the drawing. And a lot of information, my card and information is there as well. So I'd love to get to know you all better. And thank you for coming again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Cindy. And good morning, sisters. What a privilege it is to be here with you this morning. In fact, I just love being out here looking at that water. It is just delightful here. Uh, it, it's just been great, and, and, and everybody's been so helpful. We've just been so blessed already, and I trust that you're going to uh, be blessed as a result of having come to these sessions. You did receive several um, sheets of paper this morning, but the one I'd like to call your attention to is the yellow one. This is a sheet that outlines for us the Women's Ministries Leadership Certification Program. Now, this program is designed to help us as women to develop those skills, to gain those knowledges, the knowledge that we need to be effective leaders in our churches and in our communities. Uh, the skills that we learn, we will be targeting women's ministries, but these skills can be used in any leadership capacity. So whether you are serving in Sabbath school or community service or whatever, your leadership role might be, and, and really, even as a mother in the home. You are a leader. You are a leader in the home. You are a leader wherever you are, right? So these skills that we will cover, but we will be um, looking at level one. You might want to put your name on the front of this sheet because this will be the documentation that you have gone through the classes, uh, the seminars, there will be a certificate that will be issued, uh, a beautiful certificate that will be given after we complete level one. There are four levels of this program, and as you can see on the inside cover, we have level one that we will be working with, and I have initialed the seminars that we will work through during this time together this week. So if you are planning to be with us the entire week, you can expect to participate and, and just share with us these eight seminars. Now the requirement for certification is that you have eight core seminars and you are to have three electives. Now because uh, some of these require more time and we're really working on a tight schedule here. We only have an hour and a, uh, 15 minutes together each session. So that's why we'll be here in the mornings at 9.15 and in the afternoon at 2. So we'll have one hour and 15 minutes each time. So that means we're going to have to really, really push these seminars because many of these are designed to be two-hour seminars or hour and a half and we just don't have the luxury of that time. So we will uh, have to push through pretty quickly. This morning, we're going to uh, work with Introduction to Women's Ministries, and we're also going to work with um, women's needs assessments in the local church. 
You know, in order for us to be effective as women's ministries leaders or individuals who are working with women's ministries, we need to know what the needs of the women are in our, in our churches, right? In order to meet their needs, we have to find ways. So we're going to work with that today, as well as give you a brief overview. Uh, and we're going to try to do that between now and 1015. So, wow. That means we're going to really have to move. So hold on to this, and as we work through, and as you, as you come in each day, be sure that you sign that uh, register so that we'll know those who have been here and those who will um, get the certificates at the conclusion of, of what, and what we'll do. We will do the eight core, and what I was able to do was to pull two from the, from the electives, the one, Condition of Women in Bible Times, and the one, Effective Public Speaking, can be done by you uh, online. It can be done, Cindy can work it out where these three electives can be done at another time. Uh, and I think that will work. But this program is designed to be a three-year program, level one this year, level two next year, level three. Uh, and we then will be able, and you can see here the amount of information and the seminars that will be covered. And we certainly will be better equipped to be uh, efficient and effective leaders in our churches. So let's be sure that you hold on to this and that you, 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 you work with us this week and stay with us so that we can, um, um, can get this accomplished. Well, let's get started. And... Um, I hope that, that, how many of you are women's ministries leaders at your churches? All right, wonderful. How many of you work on the committee, your women's ministries committee? Wonderful. How many of you are just in other leadership positions and you just want to know what more about leadership skills? Okay, very good. Well, listen, we're just so happy that all of you are here, and we're going to do this brief introduction to women's ministries, which is the very first um, in this series. Uh, in fact, we will begin with the history uh, of women's ministries. Let's put this out of my hand. In your hands, you are holding also uh, handouts in your in your pink folder, and this will help me to help to facilitate our, our this presentation. What you're looking at here are stories, stories about women in the Seventh Day Adventist Church who have made outstanding contributions who have worked very hard in various leadership capacities in the Adventist Church, beginning with Ellen G. White. Uh, but what I want to say to you first is that this really is the history of women's ministries. And I like to refer to it as his story, as his story. And it truly is his story because the Spirit of God has hovered over women's ministries ever since its inception. And we know that it is by divine design that women's ministries has come on the scene for such a time as this. Wouldn't you agree? 
Yes, I, I am very confident about that. Uh, so as you look at your, at your handout, this just gives you, if you look at the first six pages, I believe, if you'd look there with me, I, I don't think we'll take the time to read the stories. These are very interesting stories about various women who have done various things to advance the cause of God and to be a blessing to the church. There, uh, and this goes all the way over to page 11. And you can think of other women probably whose names should be added to this list, people in your local church who have made outstanding contributions. And then the next thing that is really, really uh, interesting that I want you to take a quick look at is the timeline that is in this uh, set of handouts. Well, th that timeline begins on page 15. Uh, page 15, and if you would just kind of look at that, it will give you um, really some information in a nutshell about how women's ministries has developed. But uh, I'd like to share with you just a brief, brief account of, of a woman uh, by the name of Sarepta Miranda Irish. Uh, this woman uh, was born into a Methodist family. She, her father was a pastor, and her father thought that she was so timid and she was not very strong. So she sh just went with him. She didn't do a lot of work around the house or anything. She went with him as he did his, his um, evangelistic work in Illinois. She did go to uh, a, a college for um, ministers. She had a, a lot of training. She was married at the age of 22. Her husband uh, was killed in an accident after 10 years. They did have three sons, and she spent the rest of her time uh, teaching and writing so that she could support the family. But strangely enough, one day, she got word that her, one of her sons had been enticed to go into a bar, into a saloon. And this really concerned her. It really upset her. So she got with the women there in Illinois, and she started the temperance uh, union. She organized the temperance union, and that work spread like wildfire. She became the national president of the, the national evangelist for the temperance union. And after she had worked so hard and so long, she came down with a serious heart condition where she was wheelchair bound. Uh, she was seeking help, so she went to Battle Creek, to our sanitarium. And there she was able to be introduced to the Seventh-day Adventist message. She later accepted the doctrines, became a member of the Seventh-day Adventist church, and doing prayer, doing a prayer session, she was healed. And she was able to continue her work. And Ellen um, G. White learned about her and her work and what she was doing. She sent her letters of encouragement saying, sister, you, are, you, you have something going. 
you need to teach the women how to be mothers at home. You need to help them understand how to be temperate and how to do things that Christian women do. And so they corresponded back and forth, back and forth, and eventually she was given a license by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and she became uh, a spokesperson for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And in talking to, to Ellen White, she said to her that she, Ellen White said to her, that she thought that she should start a work for women. And she started what was called a woman ministry. So women's ministries goes back all the way to uh, in, in the 1800s with uh, Ms. Sarepta uh, Miranda Irish. So that is what our church carries us back to as far as the history. Well, after she died, uh, there was a committee that was supposed to carry on the work, but somehow that disintegrated and, and women's ministries just died. But then coming on into later times, um, there was the desire to um, reestablish a work for women. So what I want to do is just flip through some of these slides and let you take a, a quick look here um, at the Sister Henry um, Ellen White sent her messages, letters. Um, she said, I'm pained because our sisters in America are not more, uh, not more of them are doing work that, might, that they might do for the Lord. She said, women like to talk, so why don't they talk for the Lord? <laughs> and, you know, and so she was encouraging her to, to do that, and, and she said, believing the teachings of Christ, and she just encouraged her. Ellen White just encouraged her in every way, and they corresponded back and forth, and finally she uh, had to acknowledge that she had done more work than she could, she should, and she ended up um, passing away. But she did a lot of work. She got a lot of encouragement from Sister White. She published in the review. Sarepta, Miss Sarepta. Sir, yes, Sarepta Irish Henry. I'm sorry, I should have said that. And in fact, she's often referred to uh, as Sarepta um, Irish Henry. And there is a book, The Whirlwind of the Lord, uh, and you can get that at, the, at ABC. It, it's one of those books that you would certainly enjoy reading. Uh, and of course, you do have that timeline there that gives you all of these people and how they have served the church. Um, and you might recognize some of these individuals. These handouts are in, uh, these are all in the handouts that you have in your hand. So you're not missing anything by us flipping through this. Uh, in 1990, at the annual council, they voted the Office of Women's Ministries, and Rose Otis was elected Director of Women's Ministries. And on the timeline that you have in your hand, 
you will see that in um, 1995, it was declared the year of the Adventist woman. Uh, women's ministries was, was voted as a full department in the church, just like Sabbath school is a department. Women's ministries is a department. AYS is a department, and it needs to be treated as a department in your local churches. It is a department. All right, so then um, you can look at those handouts, and currently the General Conference Women's Ministries Director is Heather Dawn Small, and her assistant is Raquel Ares. These are just uh, in your handouts. These, this is showing you that the, this is a world movement and that in all of the divisions of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there are women's ministries, directors, and they are doing an outstanding job in all of their areas. Now, this is what I want us to look at quickly, the mission statement for women's ministries. And we really, really do need to focus on this why do we exist? There are a lot of people who don't support us because they really and truly don't understand what we're all about. They think we're tea parties, and that's all. But it's more than that. Would you read with me uh, the, the mission statement for women's ministries? The Department of Women's Ministries exists to uphold, encourage, and challenge Adventist women in their privilege as disciples of Jesus Christ and members of his world church. That's, that's what we're about. And then it is further broken down into, it says our mission is in the largest sense common to all Christians, that of doing what? Lifting Christ in the church where? And in the world. But more specifically, we're called to nurture. Uh, you know, women are leaving the church, I understand. Uh, George Bonner, who is a statistician, uh, he has done a lot of work on why Christians do what they do. He has done this for 30 years. And recently he's saying that women are leaving the church now more than before. And do you know why they are leaving? They don't feel connected. They don't feel connected. And women's ministries is that department in my opinion, that should be affording opportunities for women to connect. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, that's, that's it. So we are to nurture, we are to elevate women, we are to enable women to deepen their faith and, and, and their spiritual growth. These are things that we are about, nurture. And the next, okay, that continues, we're also to, to empower the women. So. When we take seminars like we're doing now, we're empowering you to move back to do more efficiently and effectively what, you're what God has called you to do, okay? Empowering women. Outreach. This is a part of what we do, who we are. So let's be sure that, that we uh, remember, remember those. Um, it's important for us to know that because God has blessed women's ministries in such a powerful way, he has given information, he has given creativity to the women at the General Conference, uh, and they have come up with some amazing programs 
and some amazing resources. There are four specific days that women's ministries observe, and the first one is in March. Do you know what that is? The International Day of Prayer. And every church, we need to talk with our pastors. And when the calendars for the church are being developed and established, we should go to the pastor and say, uh, whoever's doing the calendar, if it's the board, when you, and every women's ministries director sh leader should be a member of the church board. So you should be the voice. Well, well it's, it's designed that way. That's the intent. The intent is that just as AYS is represented on the board, just as Sabbath School is represented on the board, women's ministries should be represented on the board. Oh, it, it really is, but you know, yeah, well, and, and right, right. And you know, we're finding situations like that and that's because some people don't quite understand. So what we have to do is educate them and help them to understand that women's ministries is a department, just like any other department in the church. And so when we are working uh, on, the, on the board and we are developing the church calendar, ladies, let's be sure we say to those who are the calendar designers that there are four specific days that we really, really need to have on the calendar. And the first one, it, it, and you'll get this later, it's, it's, it's March. That's the International Day of Prayer. In June, it's the Women's Emphasis Day. In July, it's the Women's Offering Day. In August, it's the End It Now, or Abuse Prevention Emphasis is what it was called for so long, but it is now End It Now. Those are dates that need to be on your calendar. But anyway, let me briefly a hand. Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, you know, I am learning more and more about those kinds of situations that are developing, uh, which is quite different to what the intent was from the very beginning. Um, so what we need to do is make this a real point of prayer and ask God to help individuals understand exactly what our, our department is all about. So let's, let's, let's do that. And, 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 and my sister, if you have a person who represents you on the board, say like the personal ministries person, be sure that you meet with the personal ministries person and... Oh. <laughs> Well, you're in a good position. <laughs> so you can go, when you go speak on the board as a personal ministries person, you can also speak as the women's ministries leader. All right, praise God. Well, that's wonderful. Okay, but, but those are four days. And, and what I want to flip through here quickly is to say to you that these are some of the resources that um, back in... Um, the beginning, when Rose Otis became uh, the, the, the women's ministries director, she had the idea that we should have a devotional book. And every year, a women's devotional book has been printed. And the funds from that book has helped to provide scholarships 
for students who are going to Adventist colleges. And I certainly want to encourage you to encourage young people who are in your churches who are going to uh, Adventist universities. Th th that's a stipulation. They must be attending an Adventist university to receive the scholarship. They have to apply, and of course, they don't have enough scholarships to give to all the young people who apply, but they do select them based on need and based on their intent. And, and priority is given to juniors and seniors. Uh, and that's the next program. This is online, and let me ask you, as you work with young people back at your churches, tell them when they go online to get the application, be sure that they get the North American Division application. Uh, there is the general conference application, but that's for the whole world church. But we want to focus ours on the North American division. That's our division. So then you want to be sure they do that. There's that International Women's Day of Prayer, and every year they have printed materials, sermons, children's stories, uh, prayer activities for the afternoon. There are so many resources for the Women's Ministries Emphasis Day. The same thing is true. And then on in July, on the North American Division calendar, women's ministries offerings should be taken in all the churches. And the good part about that is, is that once you get that, 40% of that offering, it's a North American Division offering, but 40% of that offering comes to the Carolina Conference so that Cindy can have resources that she can provide things for you. Isn't that good? 30% of that offering goes to the, to the union, and then 30% goes to the North American Division. Okay, the end it now. Just a lot of good information. And I have over here, would you get that kit? There is a pastor's kit. Uh, abuse is a major crisis in society today. And my sisters, just hold that up. This is a pastor's kit, and every pastor in the North American Division received that kit. There is a, there is a, a video in there. There's information. So just check with your pastor and say, Pastor, did you see that, um, that End It Now kit that was sent to you from uh, Advent Source? Advent Source, so that pastors can understand, it's called the Pastor's Kit. Uh, and you want to be sure that he has that so that he can have that information. Okay, and of course, there is a Women's Ministries Handbook. Tanji, would you hold that up? There's a Women's Ministries Handbook. And there is also a handbook, that other one there, the orange one. It has um, a handbook for pastors and elders. So often, pastors and elders don't understand what we're about. So you want to be sure that they have that resource as well. Uh, you can get that from, the. I'm, I'm assuming, the Advent source, or check with Cindy, and she will follow up on that. Uh, okay. Right, and you really do want to pick that up and carry that back and give one to your pastor, to uh, uh, the folk who are on the board, people who make decisions uh, for you. So be sure you pick those up. 
and there are some wonderful sermons. There are just so many wonderful resources that are available. And of course, um, our, our we, we, we certainly want to remember Proverbs 31, that many women have done noble things, but you surpass them all. And uh, God has certainly blessed women's ministries. And this is just a quick overview of what women's ministries is about. Uh, and what we need to do is to move to our next session. And if you have questions or anything about this part, um, then we can talk one-on-one, -on -one or we can maybe catch it up at the end if you don't need to run to something else. Tanya is, um, has gone through s this level. She is from Montgomery. She is my daughter in Christ, and she is, she is, she is a chaplain, and she is very, 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 very committed to the Lord. And so I, my husband usually travels with me. He couldn't do it this time, so Tanja uh, drove me up. Uh, and so I said, look, why don't we share these lessons? You teach some, I'll teach some. And she's going to do needs assessment now. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Okay, all right, so, all right, so uh, do what you want to just stand and take a stretch break, and while you're standing, let me say to you something about that pin that you received. Uh, you did get a little button when you came in, and that button says scholarshiping our sisters.
as you see, ministering to women can be a joy. And it is especially a joy when you minister to women that you know and love. And that's what we are designed to do here at Women's Ministry. Um, how, anyone know what Proverbs 25, 11 says? We should always carry out. And pitchers of silver. And remember that one? Of gold and pitchers of silver. And some translations say settings of silver. Settings of silver. And uh, ministering to women in this manner makes us artists. Whenever we speak words that fit for them. I must share with you, my son got married last weekend, two weekends ago, and I really was concerned being the mother of the bride of how I would look. And I am, I don't know if any of you are, I am very self-conscious about my weight. And I had a friend, a cousin that w was with me shopping and was trying on different things and I saw something that I really wanted, but I was still very self-conscious about myself. And I said, I'm just so fat. And she said, would you stop it? Would you stop it? And let me tell you, she's eating an apple. The fitting word that she gave me, she says, you are not fat. You are curvaceous. And I said, wow, look at that. I have this and this. She says, you're curvaceous. She says, you're going to look stunning. And really, it was sincere. We don't flatter each other, women. Be very true with each other, with whatever it is, but make sure your words are fitting. If it did make me look fat, she shouldn't have said it, did she? She should, and it didn't. We should say, you know what? I just don't like how that fits you. And if she says, does it make me look too big here? Say, you know what? Yes, it does, but we can find something else that will smooth that right on out. So that is what women's ministries is. We become artists ourselves. As we say, we empower one another. But first of all, we have to nurture each other. We nurture. She nurtured me in that moment. And she nurtured me with enough courage to walk out and say, you know what? I heard what she said. I heard what she said. She said, you're going to be stunning. You're going to be stunning. And it so encouraged me. And women's ministry is here to help us to create beauty in the midst of pain and heartache. That's what we are designed for. We look and we differ in faces, we differ in experiences, and each one of us, God wants us to be empowered so we can outreach to those women that's in our community or in reach, outreach with the ones that's sitting in the pews next to us. Let's, we have a little time, but we're going to get through. We can learn what needs to be done to reach other women, and that's what we're here today to do, to, de to, to find ways and develop ways to find out what the women need that we uh, find ourselves in position with. And what we want to help other women with are these things that's listed here, and you're going to get a handout with all of these things on it, and then again, if we're going too fast because of our time constraints, you will be able to see it online. And some of these things just jump out automatically. Number four, the enjoyment of friendship, what we just said.
said then, in, in every friendship, you will learn in women's ministry, we should saturate everything in prayer. In prayer, when you're out with your friends, when you're out with the sisters from the church, when things are going on, we can stop and pray right where we are. And I tell you, you will be a living testimony, a walking testimony. I was in Walmart several years ago in Pine Bluff where Cindy and I met, and there was an elderly lady. I, 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 I uh, describe her that way because she was. She was an elderly lady, very beautiful lady, pretty gray hair. And she had on a T-shirt that says, oh, yeah, I know prayer works. And we're going to talk about advertising prayer ministries. And because she had that on, I was immediately drawn to her. never knew her. I went right to her. I said, I just love your T-shirt. And she went to say, yes, prayer this. And I said, well, I have a prayer need. And we stood right in Walmart and prayed right in Walmart. So as friends, whenever you're out, we are always witnesses. And when we're sitting with each other, we empower each other. And two are always better than one. And you feel like you get what? You get a little bit of courage when you have somebody else with you that's on your same team. Now, steps into assessing our needs. We need to meet with our committee. And women, that's the mini ministry women's, excuse me, the women's ministry leaders here. Have you formed your committee? Working on it. Who is on your committee? Let me tell you who should be on your committee. Your, your committee should reflect the faces within your congregation. If you have teenagers there, you need a team, a responsible one. There's always one, two, three, maybe four or five in the bunch. You need a team. If you need that collegiate age, 18 to 35, those that single, newly married, you need that woman on your committee. You need a seasoned mother on your committee. You need a woman that has experienced divorce. You need a woman that has experienced remarriage. You need a widow on your team. These are all women that you need on your committee. If you have them on your committee, that means that the church as a whole is inclusive. If you leave any out, you're going to have a, sec a section of your women that feel like they're not included. So why do it? And if you touch that, believe you, you'll have the whole church. So these women go home that have husbands, children, aunts, uncles, cousins, and because they're involved, the family knows what they're doing, so therefore women's ministry is being put out there. It's being put out there, and they're talking what the women's ministry teams are doing. Um, make love. We, we all know that. It has to be cultivated in prayer and love has to be we have to be loving to one another we cannot think that one person's opinion one person's view or one person's experience doesn't count we all count we talked about being acquainted with our neighbors again when we have our women's ministries uh, days and I think Beverly said that she's planning something now when we plan something um, no one is going to come to your church. Well, I won't say no one. It's going to be hard-pressed to get someone to come that's not connected to you in any way. People come to your church because you're there. You mingle with them at work. You mingle with them at the gym. You met them at Walmart, as I did. 
and we exchanged phone numbers. We began to pray together. Then I said, you know what? We're having a day in June. Would you please come? Sure, because you have established friendships. We have them in the church. We must reach out to those women that God has placed us in contact with. He is strategic all the time. I thought I was just going to Walmart for one thing, but God had a plan. He is strategic. Uh, we just talk, value every woman's response and opinion. And this is very important, this piece here that says, what one woman is brave enough to admit needing may be exactly what others will appreciate having you address. And what's been a secret as Elder Smith spoke about is abuse prevention, and that's where my heart is. My heart is in ended now in abuse prevention, but there are so many other topics that are coming up, and we are not, we don't feel as comfortable sharing it, but there is always a brave one out there. Jesus had a big mouth on, on, on his team, and who was that? Yes, he, he'll bring it out. There's always one in a bunch, and then if it's not, when we talk about our surveys, we'll be able to get those things that women may not feel so uh, uh, secure about saying, but there is always a way to get those hidden things out there. There's a saying that says, a woman's heart is lo a lot like an ocean. It has many hidden things and secrets that no one else knows. But here for assessing our needs, we want to be able to discover those things that's hidden. And then share with them the secrets that's in the best selling book there is, and that is what? The Bible. How do we measure our needs? I see this sister here wanted, she said she wanted a lot of information. This is what we're talking about, assessing women's needs. How do we do it? We do it in one of these three ways, or all three ways, however you make this combination. We have town meetings. We all know what a town hall meeting is. You have a mediator there, and she may pose questions to the audience, and those questions are, could be, first we need a woman that everyone loves in the church, that woman that's a mother figure, whether, not saying that she's old and gray head, just that she's a mother figure that all the women feel very comfortable with. And some of those subjects that we might not feel comfortable with, but we know are plaguing us as a community, in that town meeting, some of those issues can be brought out then. One that's really plaguing us now, and it's in the church, every issue that the world has, the church has, LGBTQ. Lesbian, gay, transgender, mm -hmm. bisexual, and queer. Yes, the homosexual revolution is out here. And oh, they added one past the Q, it's getting longer. Okay, it's getting longer. Do you think we don't have individuals in our church that deal with that? If you think we don't, you are sadly mistaken we do and then there's another population within that because it's so prevalent now and so easy to come out now there are Christians who are attracted to same to the same sex they're attracted but they don't want that they know it is not what God has asked us to be so these are needs these are areas 
whenever we identify these areas, that's whenever we get support groups, we get uh, women here as we collaborate here to find out what our skills are. That then we set up workshops. We set up, again, uh, support groups, small group studies, and the ABC is full of these resources. Let me tell you this. There is nothing wrong with going outside of the ABC. I mentioned LGBTQ because I, we have someone that has, had, that has come to us very recently within a few weeks. Speaking of that, and I happened to, well not happened, I really went frantically, we went frantically searching uh, for information. We have a video and we don't have it on the table, but nevertheless, this is a resource I want to throw out to you. Whether you deal with it now or not, take it down because it, you will be confronted with it sooner or later. Maybe not personally, but someone will contact you or you could hear something and you want to share it. Focus on the family. That um, religious ministry has a wonderful tool online for dealing with just that, okay? Uh, surveys is a very good, I'm sorry, let me go back. Town meetings. The focus groups, okay, town meetings is just like now. I'm the um, mediator and I've already come with questions that I throw out to you and we hear it. The women's ministries team will be keeping a record of this information while this town meeting is going on. And whenever she, along with the others that sit in there, when they hear what the main goal is or some target uh, subject, She's recording this, and then she's going to walk away with her committee and come back to the women promptly with information that speaks to their needs and their concerns. It will be no need to do your town meetings, your focus groups, or your surveys if you are not going to get to work immediately. You can't do this now. On fire leaving this week, go back and do it next week and the next two weeks, and the ladies don't hear from you to December. We can't do that. We have to be effective. And if you say, I still don't know how when you leave here, yes, you do, because God will empower you. You can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. The focus group would be getting a group of women together, pull, pulling us off in groups of four or five, and we just list issues that we come up just the four, because sometimes it's a lot easier with four than how many we have here now? 32. And then that focus group comes up with just one list. And that focus group hands that back in to the, to the women's ministry leader and her committee. And the same thing again, we pick and we take, we take the issues there, we choose how we're going to bring back the resources that the women need. And finally, it's the survey. You can use all of these, one of them, two of these. Now it's a handout. We won't. Yes. Oh, should we hold the question, maybe? Okay. Mm -hmm. Women. Women. The women in your church. Your church. You can bring women from the community. Yeah. We're never excluding anyone. It's just like this. It's, a, it's an open forum. We all watched the presidential debates, did we not? And those were town meetings, were they not? 
And they had people from all walks of life. You can bring in whomever. It's not exclusive to the women in the church. None of these are exclusive to the women in the church because remember, outreach, we exist to nurture, empower, and then outreach all women. So I'm sorry if I made it seem like it was just a church. In your handouts, go over, if you see those first couple of pages, skip over that, we went that. I want you to go to page three. And I don't know if your handout came out just like mine. Did page three look like this? Uh, it starts on four, four. No, start on four and your, and your okay. handout. Let me see this one then. Start on four. Okay, this right here is a survey pretty much done for you. Hmm, do you see what she's, thank you, this is what we hear. This is your survey. If you want to know how to reach the needs of your women, this is a terrific tool to use. It is all here. It, will, it, it, it gives you everything as you can see. And these slides in between here are just telling you what would be included in a good survey. It's included right here for you in your hands. So we can flip through these because all of these things here are in this survey that you're holding in your hand. Let's see. How many of you are running to another workshop right after this? Oh, okay, I have a couple here. So we will try to um, get through right here. This survey, remember those issues that we talked about or that we mentioned, those sensitive issues, issues that people may not feel comfortable enough to say. And when people don't feel comfortable enough to say, they still won't want to put their name on the survey. We would want to be able to identify the women, but don't make it mandatory that the name is there because she's privileged to write as much as she wants to write. She's privileged to open her heart up to this. Once she knows that you as a woman ministry leader truly have her best interests and other women's interests um, at heart, they will open up. And you're praying continuously as women's ministry leader. We cannot pray enough. You have the women in your church whenever you're praying. You pray for every woman. God has given you these women. He has given you the women that are within your congregation and all those that come. Yes, you call them out by name. You call them, If God called you to it, he'll give you the time to do it. He will. Take this to heart, ladies. Take it to heart. And if you keep saying, I don't know what to do, yes, you do. Father, I don't know what to do. Send me, send me someone else. They went too fast today. It, it went too fast this week. If you're willing, he will use you. He will use you. And I myself felt so ill-equipped. And we know the saying, but it is true. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. That's not just a slogan. It's not. It's not just a cliche. If you love women and it's at your heart, God will help you through it. And this, you don't have to limit the interest uh, here of what the women may want to um, 
do. You can add your own things to this survey. One part I want to bring, because it's different than mine. Oh, I would like to help with on page seven. You can, you can keep that there, but I would want you to also find a place on your survey that asks, what skills do you have? What certifications do you have? Mm -hmm. But um, this, is, this, is, this is a good one, but these are things that I want you to know because in, in, in adding that portion to your survey, You'll be able to identify leaders. You'll be able to identify leaders there. So just add that to what skills do you have? What certifications do you have? What special trainings do you have? Because I stand here today before you, we, we talked about this morning, I took this very uh, leadership class May in 2006. So I can stand here now because this was a, I was taught. And I've been teaching, and so this is it. I can speak. I'm a public speaker. I'm saying that's what your woman can say. You know, when you say, what skills do you have? I speak. You know, so add all of these things to it. Delete what you will. You know your women. Look at it. Add, subtract. This is definitely, oh, this right here was just giving you that and allowing you to do it if we had that two-hour slot but we don't, so we let me, let me take it with you. Here we go right here. Be sensitive. Do not judge anyone. You know we know that, but it is extremely important. And outside of judging, next comes gossiping. We like to talk. Sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes we share too much. And then there are some of us that love to do it and say, oh, it slipped. Women, in this room, you are called to a higher standard. You are called to a higher standard. We cannot do that. We must hold one another accountable. If you must share it, it must be because we're going to pray about it, because we're going to help this woman and her family. We're going to help this sister that God has given us, not for gossip. This is not a tea party, and it's not a place that we come and wait each other over the coals. It's not a place that we come and rate men over the coals. It is not. This is for nurturing. What else by now? We said nurturing, empowering, outreach. By Thursday, we should know those three things. That is the mission statement of women's ministry. It is to what? Nurture, empower, and then outreach. I saw a hand. Can it be very quick? There it is. That's right. It is, it, it is, and women as, as leaders, again, we should have our own personal worship times. God has taken me to another level in my worship over the past two to three months. We need to meet God. Jesus met his father very early in the morning before he got involved with anything else. 
It puts us in tune with God. Ask him to create in us a clean heart. Second Chronicles tells us to what? Um, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Stop right there. If Tanjia, who is called by God today, put your name in there. And when you read all of those texts, it says, then I will dwell in this house. I will dwell in Tanjia. Psalms uh, 51 tells us to what? Create. You ask God for this for you. And then those things that sister just shared, your spirit won't so easily attach to it. You will cut those things off. Again, we are nurturing and then outreaching. And we're doing everything with prayer. Yes. Oh, that was considered those uh, local resources. Again, we talked about we have professionals within our own congregation. We have professionals. Use those. You are on your jobs. Use those. The community again. Whatever groups that you're already in. If you're in a yoga group, uh, 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 what, what is the dance? Zumba, whatever it is. Those are resources there. How many, we talked about weight. If you go to the gym and you're kind of curvaceous like me, but there is someone there, you can ask her, would you be willing to come do an exercise class for us at church? It's use what you have. God has given us so many resources. We must use them. Again, that was being sensitive, excuse me. Oh, the value of teamwork. I can do what? All things. But if I do everything by myself, something is going to go lacking. In leadership, one of the wonderful things you can learn to do is to delegate. But you don't delegate and do nothing yourself. Give it to capable women. Even the quietest woman has a skill. It's up to you to find out what that skill is. As women's ministries leaders assessing needs, we must study the women that God has given us. We must study them. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm getting to that. Mm-hmm. When you share your plans, that personal ministries um, leader, women, think about 
as you are organizing now, think about a, a newsletter. It does not have to be fancy when you hear words like that or names like that. I'm not talking about anything fancy. If you can do fancy, wonderful. A trifold newsletter every quarter would be wonderful. But what we want you to do with that newsletter, we talked about the pastor and the church board, put it in their hands personally. Make sure you get it in their hands. You hand deliver it, don't mail it. And you keep these things ever before them. Your pastor, and we know we have that challenge there, and when we close with prayer, we'll ask um, Sister Mercer if she would pray over these ladies who still have those concerns that feels like women's ministry is not looked at as a real um, body in the church because we really are. And finally, and thank you for letting us go over 10 minutes. We have a great work to do. And if we take the time to figure out what the needs are, God will supply it. He has given us talents, resources, time, and the courage to do whatever he has brought you to do. With that, I will say go forth in faith, knowing that the Lord is with you and will guide you. Thank you. Now, just before, hold on one minute, ladies, if I can get my mouse. Do you see it? I don't. Up to the, where? You may have heard this, but please listen to the words again. The internet was messing up here, and it just stopped. We may not get it. I'm not great with all the words. But it does start to tell us that we are sisters in the Lord, that we have one faith in common. And it also says, uh, just a beautiful uh, songbird there. She says, I may have not walked the way that you've walked. I may have not tasted the tears that you've shed. Um, anybody else know the, all the words with me? Oh, it, it, once I hear it, it's kind of like when you hear it, you can sing along with it. But it is a wonderful song. You see it there on YouTube. That is the um, picture that you would want to see from, yeah, from Sandy Shepherd. Mm -hmm. We're sisters in the Lord with the heart. Take time to go through all of your handouts, look at your survey, listen to this, and know that we are truly sisters in the Lord. God has called us to nurture one another, to empower one another, and once we're empowered, then we reach out. It's trying. Oh, somebody has it going real nice and loud. Oh. Listen, listen. How can I, Cindy, how can I get? Did it go out? Is it really working on someone else's battery? I hear it somewhere, but. Hmm.
If we had the video, we would have been able to um, see some wonderful slides of women in just different times yeah. of, of life. So be encouraged and remember uh, Proverbs 25, mm -hmm. a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. And we have some settings of silver over here with some chocolate after you finish and you are welcome to them. Thank you, Tanzia.